Welcome to Sportsify with your host, Matt Novak, and episode three guest host, Jameson DeFore. What's up, everybody, and welcome in. We are so pumped to start episode three to discuss the weekend that was in regards to the NFL, college football. It was a madhouse this weekend. So many things that were unexpected, uh, certainly in the college football ranks. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but NFL week one came after six months of loneliness and despair, and it brought the heat. It Thank was God. incredible. Uh, from the get-go, the first game between the Bucks and the Cowboys set the tone, and the rest of the weekend was awesome as well, all the way through to Monday Night Football, uh, which those were two not great teams playing each other, and the ending was not good football, but boy, did it make for some awesome drama. Uh, that was absolutely hilarious what happened at the end of that game. And again, we'll get to that in just a moment, but I want to start off on some quick reaction just to what happened in those games in the NFL this weekend. Uh, I am Matt Novak. Uh, this is Jameson DeFore. We are going just the two of us this week. Grant Hawker is sadly out in uh, Hawaii or something on uh, a beach. Darn. Yeah, roughing it up. Um, he was kind enough to send us his pick em results or his, his pick em for this week. So we'll get to that before we close out the show. Um, but he sends his uh, greatest regards or whatever from the beach in Hawaii. Um, yeah, we don't miss you, uh, just so you know, Absolutely and, not. uh, we'll be here to argue all things with you next week. Um, whatever. And we'll take some extra shots at the Seahawks. Absolutely. Just for fun, yeah. They're they going to lose this week it. anyway. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we want to get to the NFL right now. Guess what? Tom Brady's still good at football people. Who knew? Um, 43. Years old and crushing it, I believe he is. Yeah, forty three or going on forty four, something. Yeah, stupid something like that. that. He's 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 old uh, for a football player. Um, and man, he came in and started lighting it up. The game was back and forth the whole time. Um, really, just uh, good football from both quarterbacks is awesome. We'll we'll touch on this in a moment when we do the breakdown on each game. But uh, to see Dak out there, but uh, that game comes down to one thing. And one thing only, the golden rule in football, people, do not give Tom Brady the ball back with mm -mm. time. Mm. You run that clock out, lesson learned by the Cowboys. Uh, again, we'll touch on this game more in just a moment, but uh, they succumbed to the golden rule. And uh, a few other things that happened in that game, some miscues uh, that we'll get to. But man, that was an awesome start to the NFL season. Uh, Aaron Rodgers does not seem to like football. Uh, that was my biggest observation on the Sunday games. Uh, that was 38 to three, mm. 38 to three. He didn't look like he was ready at all. We make jokes about guys that skip OTAs because we understand in veterans that OTAs are not the most important thing in the world, but that dude didn't seem like he wanted to be there. And I've been a big defender of Aaron Rodgers uh, over the years. A lot of people dislike Aaron Rodgers. That was even hard for me to defend. I could not believe how poorly he played. Uh, Jordan Love ends up in the game there before the before it's all over, um, and uh, that was just crazy. But but it 
begs another question because the guy on the opposite side of the field playing uh, quarterback was incredible. Is Jameis Winston actually good at football? LASIK Jameis. LASIK Jameis is apparently amazing at football. Um, Dude threw five touchdowns uh, on the day. Didn't hit 200 yards, which was kind of hilarious. Defensively, uh, the team played really well, put him in good position. But crazy to see him doing that well. Uh, Good for him. Sean Payton's got a good thing going there. Um, The the Chiefs are still really good at football uh, because of one specific reason, touching on some other Sunday games. Uh, Patrick Mahomes can sling it. If you didn't see the pass where he's going out of bounds and just full on chucks it, I don't know, 40 some yards uh, to Hill uh, down the field. And uh, then Hill just breaks away like he always does and runs away from defenders. Mm -hmm. Um, That was absolutely incredible. And Grant was actually watching the games at my house with our buddy Levi the other day. Um, And as soon as... I believe the Browns had some little minimal miscue, and then they had to punt the ball away. Uh, Grant turned to Levi, who is a c- converted Browns fan. Um, and when I say converted, converted to the NFL, because uh, our buddy is not a good football fan by any means. Um, but uh, he looks at him and he goes, just so you know, he goes, if there is one team that can just turn it on, it's the Chiefs. And it's this guy that does it every time. And he did what he always does, and Mahomes led him back from that. That was crazy. Baker played well till the run game got stuffed there, uh, and third and long started to become an issue. Uh, I know we'll touch on that a little bit more here in a bit. Um, We talked about Monday Night Football a little bit, uh, but what the heck was that? What in the world happened? I'm watching the game, and I literally see on, I think it was first down, Derek Carr does a quarterback sneak at the goal line to win the game in overtime and somehow he doesn't make it, which was a shock to me. And then they do something else stupid and then they fumble the ball at the goal line. Uh, Baltimore takes the possession downfield, runs multiple plays, look to be moving the ball forward towards a field goal at least, and uh, I, which at that point would have won the game. Because both teams have had their turn in possession in the overtime rules. And then all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson starts getting pushed back. And you see the pocket collapsing. And then he doesn't tuck the ball. Uh, the other golden rule for quarterbacks. And um, the ball gets hit out of his hands. The Raiders fall on it. And then somehow in the next uh, set of downs for the Raiders, broken coverage, wide open receiver. Uh, and Derek Carr has the easiest and not even a very good throw, mind you, uh, to that guy. I, I can't remember the last name on the jersey now, but I'm, I think I'm seeing number seven in my head. Uh, broke left to right as the lone receiver out there and uh, beat a guy who just got caught on his heels, it looked like. Um, but horrible football. Two turnovers in back-to-back uh, possessions there for the Raiders and for the uh, the Ravens and just just not good football neither team looked great at one point in that game Derek Carr was 14 for 31 came back and threw very well <laughs> like in the fourth quarter yards in like the second half Something yeah crazy it was, like that it was insane but um he did not have what you would call a good start to that game I think both of those teams we we've already kind of analyzed them to death and and we I forget we're all just we're also just coming back um last week uh ACL tears galore for the Ravens uh, we haven't yeah. got to mention that yet. Uh, Marcus Peters and Gus Edwards both go down. 
in practice, just a couple of plays from each other. Uh, super awful for the Ravens season. We had uh, some pretty decent hopes for them as a playoff team, possibly getting into that divisional round or even further. So, you know, it, I mean, it was at least part of the conversation. And now it looks like uh, they're going to have a tough go out of the gate. You lose that one to the Raiders, which was supposed to be a, a win. Um, you know, to, to start the season would it could have been a nice road win for the Ravens. They certainly were in the driver's seat multiple times in that game, but they couldn't finish because they didn't have a run game to do it. Um, crazy though, that game was absolutely nuts. I'm gonna say this very kindly with a Rams fan right in front of me. Don't get ahead of yourselves, Rams fans. I've said last week a bunch of times, Stafford is good, not great. You beat the Bears, which we said is a bottom three roster in the league. And you showed that they are bad. I'd never said the Rams were bad, but the Bears are definitely bad. So I know that Matthew Stafford played a good game, not taking anything away from him. But don't get ahead of yourself. That whole 13 and four projection you're seeing from some people or 14 and three from psychotic human beings out there in, in sports media. Um, it's, it's not happening. OK, bad things will happen when you play good teams. Uh, and uh, and there will be some uh, evening out, if you will. But I don't think uh, Jameson was sad at all about how that went. No. And I'll when we go to our game to game kind of look through, I'll I'll add some some good things as the Rams fan, obviously. But <laughs> that's here to keep me humble. So we uh, well, we were both really sad to see the Seahawks are good. Yeah, uh, that was a bummer. Uh, we really wanted them to suck. Uh, but that new offense looked pretty good. It's clicking. Yeah. And I, I know we'll hit that a little more in a moment. But but so are the Colts. The Colts are not bad. And it was good to see that Carson Wentz is healthy. Mm-hmm. I think that was great. Um, and then here's something I can't believe that I'm going to say out loud. The Bengals and the Texans won. Both of them in week one. Things that should not have happened. <laughs> nobody bet that. Nobody. If, nobody had if you a had a parlay there. going on <laughs> yeah, that, nobody like, had a parlay there. Congratulations. Or if you did, you cashed out. Enjoy the Bahamas. You know wherever That's, you. Grandma's had a parlay on the Bengals and the and the Texans. <laughs> oh, man, wherever. Yeah, that's how we got to Hawaii. That's yeah. totally fair. Um, no, but seriously, that is nuts. Good for Tyrod Taylor. Great for Joe Burrow coming back from the injury. Well, both of them coming back from major yeah. injuries. Um, and a season loss for both of them, or at least part of one last year for Joe Burrow. And and man, I uh, dude looked good. He played solid. Mm-hmm. Um, we made f- a ton of fun of Jamar Chase last week. He made us look stupid because um, he had, I believe it was five or six, just over 100, right at 100. Uh, had a touchdown as well. And guess what he didn't have? Drops. He didn't drop a ball. Turns out he can catch. Uh, yeah, apparently. Um, I don't know. I don't know who switched his gloves this week, but good job. <laughs> He's, they're throwing college balls out there when we're not looking. Yeah. So must did he it. point? Did he paint some white yeah, on the ball? Some white stripes. <laughs> that was the big complaint. If you missed it, is that there was no white on the ball. He was used to that from college, and he was having a hard time adjusting. Uh, that dude also might be headed for some Jameis LASIK. Um, yeah, we'll see. So, I mean, if he keeps playing like this week, who knows? I think he should be fine. Yeah. Playing legally blind, if that's the case, dude. I was, yeah, he had a great game, though. You know, what was interesting is a lot of fantasy owners out there were also pissed about it because like, if you're like me, um, I did not. I and I don't. If I'm being really honest, I still don't believe in his season. Prove me wrong. Got no problem. Uh, but I, as a joke, took Tyler Boyd in one league right after a friend of mine had taken Jamar Chase, and I made fun of him for it. Uh, if you took Tyler Boyd, you're like me sitting on the outside, going, "Oops, uh, maybe this wasn't the best pick in that." 
you know, mid-round wide receiver yeah. selection. We all thought Tyler Boyd was a true number one, and he was the number three target on that team. I had I th- very mild. I think it was like two catches in 29 yeah. or something like that. Uh, didn't have much going this weekend. So, uh, but good for both the Bengals and the Texans. Uh, way to get those wins and, and look good doing it. Uh, they really did. Let's uh, go into our breakdown. We're going to go back to that Thursday night game. We're going to break down all 16 games in the NFL real quick. Um, you know, Brady, again, we, we say this all the time. I, I joked about this on a Facebook post this week uh, that I made, and uh, it's it was my first post about the NFL on Facebook for this season. And I said, don't do it. Don't give Tom Brady the ball back with time. When we were we had people in my house, we're watching the game. And I, I looked at everybody that was there and when uh, Dak threw that first uh, completion, I believe that was to Amari Cooper. I mean, pretty, pretty good chance it was because that dude hit Amari yeah, all ate. night. Yeah. He ate that game. Um, but uh, as soon as he made that completion, I looked around the room and I said, if they score too quick, they're going to lose. If you give Tom Brady more than a minute and the ball, it's over. Just your game is over. It doesn't matter if he needs to score a touchdown. doesn't matter if he needs to kick a field goal. If he only needs to kick a field goal, you definitely lost. Okay, uh, There's no way in the world that dude's not moving the ball 40 yards down the field. Um, but, you know, you gave him the shot, and he did what he always does. Uh, the GOAT is the GOAT for a reason. But uh, you know what was awesome in that game is that Dak also came out firing. Uh, he actually threw for more yards, um, got, got over the 400-yard marker in his first game back uh, from brutal injury last year, we all saw his leg bending the wrong way uh, in that highlight. And man, your heart just goes out to anybody who suffers that bad of an injury. That's just brutal. And Dak came out and looked good. I mean, uh, outside of some drops from CD, I think if you and, and, and a few others, if you take those numbers and equate it, um, you could give him another six completions. And that dude's numbers were absolutely rock solid. Um, I don't think the Cowboys could have hoped for more out of uh, what they got from Dak and Amari. Uh, Amari had just an incredible night, made catches that he just shouldn't be able to make. It was awesome. Still one of the best route runners yeah. in the league, so that always helps. But you, The only way you shut that guy down was the double, is with the double, yeah. and CD certainly takes away the double. You can't ever forget about Gallup either as the third option. Um, that is, that's a bang and one, two, three. Um, and I, I know that you know, you you also have the the backfield threat at all times, whether it's Zeke or Pollard. Uh, both those guys catch mm-hmm. out well out of the backfield. They certainly are uh, very prone to the uh, screen game and run it well there in Dallas. Um, and Mike McCarthy loves that because it keeps his quarterback out of trouble. Um, so, uh, you know, but you just look at what Dak did and just throw in the balls that he did. And dude looked every bit the part that he has been so. Good on them, and and hopefully that keeps the Cowboys competitive in the NFC East. Um, but uh, on the other side uh, of, well, in the other areas there, um, Jameson, what was uh, Greg Zerline's night like? I don't feel like it was good. No. Um, missed a couple chip shots in there, an extra point to boot. Um, they had him swinging a 60-yarder right before halftime as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, Greg's my guy. I got a lot of love for Greg Zerline uh, as a longtime Ram guy. Uh, sent us to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so I love Greg, but um, following back surgery this offseason, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't actually 
hear this part of the interview, but I think there was even a thing where pregame he was talking to somebody about like, oh yeah, not feeling as great, you know, coming off that back surgery, you know, mm. all that. And then knowing that to even give him like the opportunity to swing for 60 just feels like, you know, don't do that. Yeah, uh, if anything, like we know Greg, I mean, he's Greg the leg for a reason. Like he's got the range for it, but I feel like you're kind of putting him in a situation to compromise himself there a little bit. Um, yeah, 60 doesn't seem at all like what you want to do with a guy coming off surgery like that. Um, you know, the 31 yarder, that's super that's, out of the norm for him to miss. And that was like 15 yards. It was never had a chance. It was yeah. like 15 was, yards to the left. Right. And um, and so at least, that was tough. You, you know, I don't put the 60 yarder on him. I mean, no. you're, you're, uh, it's like think, the Tom Brady interception that was a Hail Mary before halftime. Like, Right. What are you going to like? They don't throw it. People are going to say, oh, Tom doesn't have the arm. So they just took a <laughs> knee, didn't take a shot. So it's right. like you you take those sometimes. But yeah, that 60 yarder, you can't put on him. But when you miss 30 yarder, you miss an extra point. Right. You know that. And with what the game came down to at the end, that really factors into it. Right. You, well. It's a it's a two point loss. You know, you 31, 29 loss there. And and you you left four points off the board. That's mm-hmm. on you. Um, and I think it does in a way come down to that. Uh, don't get me wrong. I totally believe that Tom Brady would have found a way if he gave him time. Yeah. So, different, different um, score. <laughs> you know, you play the game differently, so you can't just say, oh, you put four points on there. They win. No, that's but totally fair. At the end of the day. Yeah. It's, you, you do play a little bit differently. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, we hang it on, we hang it on the quarterback of the wide receiver. If there's a play miss in the back of the end zone and you have to settle for a field goal in that same scenario, you know, in a, in a similar yeah. scenario in the, inside the red zone. So uh, you got to hang it on the kicker there. Uh, the other thing I, I noticed was uh, there was a problem was the Bucks secondary. I know a number of those guys were down. What was the injury report on the secondary there with the Bucks? Uh, looks like they were missing uh, Jordan Whitehead. Uh, as well as Murphy Bunting, which I didn't even actually realize until that game was going, uh, went out with a dislocated elbow. I think that was on like the first touchdown drive the Cowboys had. I remember actually okay. seeing that because uh, he stuck his arm in there and got it pinched. I don't remember who came in there, um, but they showed the replay, and I was like, I can see his elbow joint uh, Ugh, in there, and they didn't didn't really even say much about it other than him showing him kind of walking it off, and I was like, hopefully it's one of those that's clean enough to where you throw a brace on there and you come back in next couple of weeks or something, right. who knows? But, um, that one was, was pretty rough. Uh, and then safety, Mike, uh, Mike Edwards. Um, these are all starters and contributors to, to a Super Bowl team here just six months ago and to not have, uh, three of your guys in there, uh, definitely a loss for them. Mm-hmm. And, and it looks like Mike did return. Mike Edwards did return a little later. Oh yeah, that's um, right. Came back in the second but half. But again, when, Regardless, I mean, you lose a guy for a part of a game and then you lose two other guys in your secondary, you know, uh, a secondary that helped a lot in the Super Bowl, helped a lot get you to the Super Bowl. And then, you know, against a team like Dallas, I mean, they were fortunate to to still have Tom Brady with the ball at the end. But this was a shootout. And when you lose key uh, pieces in your secondary like that, it's going to make make it a lot more difficult to win games. Yeah, it's something we'll need to keep an eye on as the weeks progress here. Uh, as guys are coming back from injury, that that secondary again gave up over 400 passing yards 
Um, and, uh, you know, I, I know the Cowboys did not run the ball well. I know that because I had Zeke in at least one league and was not super excited about that first no. game performance. Um, but I knew that was going to be a tough one anyway. I was definitely hoping on the screen game there. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, a few outlet pa- passes and maybe a, a touchdown to give me the points. But, uh, man, that, that did not work out well. But we'll continue to watch that. Um, that Bucks secondary, uh, again, lots of coverage sacks last year uh, were due to that secondary. They pinned a lot of receivers down, gave their line time to get to the quarterback. And that's a key element in that defense. They rely on that. Uh, they're a, they are a 55 uh, 45 when it comes to uh, the non blitz blitz scenario uh, for the majority of the time. Uh, but those schemes change game to game. And when you can't rely on that secondary, um, it's it's going to be all the more to the blitz. And, and if they end up in a scenario where they have to flip it and they're at 60% blitz, uh, you're going to have quarterbacks all around the NFL that'll go, okay, that's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. you want to blitz and, and I'm going to have my number one receiver one-on-one. We'll take advantage. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that. Uh, we're going to bust into the Sunday games. I know we're going to start off with the Seahawks and the Colts. So fortunately and unfortunately, Grant is not here this week to talk about <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks. Um, but who knew that uh, Russ would still cook? Um, still one of the prettiest deep balls, specifically that one oh, yeah. in the end zone, over the shoulder, to Tyler Lockett. It was just a thing of beauty. Great adjustment. Um, but they were just picking them apart. Um, Seattle's going to do what Seattle does. Um, like we said, the Colts are still really good, but um, I don't think anybody is surprised uh, to see Russ doing what he's doing. Um, and that 69-yard touchdown, <laughs> it, he's just airing it out all the time. I mean, and, if you're uh, going to win the game, that. thank you for helping out my fantasy team, Tyler Lockett, yeah. on three out of four teams. <laughs> um, so thanks for that. Um, and then on top of that, uh, Carson Wentz. On the other side of things, looking pretty healthy. Uh, we talked about that a little bit here, but um, the foot thing was kind of a, a weird scenario. You know, we go into that and they're like, you know, Carson Wentz is not going to be playing for, you know, five, six weeks, whatever. And all of a sudden we have him playing in week one and he's looking great. I mean, he was getting pressured quite a bit there. He was still uh, doing his thing, kind of getting out of the pocket, um, had some nice cuts in there. Um, he was taking some hits too, and it was encouraging to see him. Uh, get up from those but um he looked healthy i think this colts team is still really good um you know going into next week once we look at that you know they're going to be playing the rams so i think that'll be another good test for both of those teams um we got that on pick later too we, we do have that as a pick as well um but it, it was good to see wentz i do like wentz you know despite all the drama uh he was a really exciting player to watch when he came into the league and I watched him pretty closely being a, a golf guy, you know, at the time. Right. You know, was it going to be Jared Goff? Was it going to be Carson Wentz? What was the deal? Uh, so it's good to see him kind of getting back to form and uh, and hopefully they can do something there. Um, but then kind of, I think we knew that uh, Russ was going to do his thing. It was good to see Carson back. Um, but Seattle's defense, once again, uh, was pretty dominant uh, in that game, um, which I don't think really surprised anybody. Um, so. It surprised me that they they kept uh, the passing game uh, to a minimum, but it wasn't the secondary necessarily doing that. Yeah, I know the uh, the the pressure there is going to set you up for a lot of that, um, and that D line is is still horrifying. Um, that linebacking core is still horrifying. Uh, obviously, again, I 
I feel like that wasn't the best test for us to see what Seattle can do as a secondary, right. obviously. Um, and, and if they're anything like they were last year, I think their secondary was like ranked 28th in past defense last year. So, uh, and they, and they lost the better portions of that secondary, which exactly. we highlighted last week. Exactly. Uh, what was surprising to me was to see that D line go up against one of the best offensive lines in the league and be that in Carson Wentz's face. I think there was at times a little bit of pocket awareness. I, I think there's definitely a little bit of that. Oh, mm-hmm. having, having seen about three quarters of that game. Now, um, I, it, it did look at times, that uh, uh, they were giving up that pocket a little too quick, and then he was he was making poor decisions in the rush. Um, he was uh, onto the ball a little bit too much. Yeah. Still, did did have a fumble on fourth down. Yeah. Um, you know, there were some little things there that he's clearly still working out. But um, you know, I, I I'm listening to Grant watch this game at my house. Uh, <laughs> he's watching it on the phone while we're watching some 49er uh, you know highlights from the Detroit game, which we're about to go into, and then. Uh, we're we're paying attention to some other AM games that we're finishing up there in the early afternoon here on our West Coast time, but uh, but he said Huna Ford's name a few times, talked about Carlos Dunlap a few times, um, and he he goes, man, they're they're just playing great right now, you know, yeah. and and so I know he was excited about that. Yeah, again, unfortunate for you and I. Yeah, and I was uh, there's going to be a few kind of cool stats that we'll have to point out for each one of these. Uh, looking at Russ in this game. Uh, when under pressure, he's five of nine, sixty yards, three touchdowns. So <laughs> completed five passes, and three of those were touchdowns when under pressure. Uh, and then when not in pressure, you kind of get what you expect from him: thirteen to fourteen, hundred and eighty-six yards and a touchdown. Ooh. So uh, big day for Russ. Total and, of five uh, incompletions. Yeah, what I'm seeing there. <laughs> uh, it, it, incredibly efficient game as always from Russ. Um, so yeah. uh, just more proof that the. And as we will continue to see, the NFC West is just insane. So, well, uh, but yeah, we'll move on. Uh, unless you have some about that game you no. want to touch on, we'll move into uh, our second game, which is going to be 49ers versus Lions. Uh, the 49ers came out and absolutely slaughtered the Lions for three quarters. <laughs> and then, uh, and then they found themselves uh, in a just ridiculous uh, kind of con- like, I don't know the right word to describe what happened. I think they just started to fall apart. Uh, two fumbles late in the game that led to scores that got two point uh, conversions tacked onto both of them. Uh, the Lions literally score 16 points in just a matter of plays uh, in a very short amount of time there in the fourth quarter and bring it back to a one score game. Got the onside kick. Yeah, the onside kick that went off uh, George Kittle's hands. And then uh, while the Jimmy throws a fantastic ball to Debo over the middle, gets it. Debo's trying to do what Debo does and get the yak. And uh, unfortunately, left his arm exposed uh, as he clearly should have covered uh, when he had two guys closing in on him. And uh, I forget which defender was came up uh, from the lines and punched the ball out uh, for that second fumble. Uh, the Niners end up win this game 41 to 33, clearly the better team. That, yeah. Um, but, uh, that defense, unfortunately suffered the loss of, uh, Jason Verrett, uh, to a ACL tear. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you certainly saw the defense reeling a little bit from that, uh, mid game. They lost Dre Greenlaw, uh, one of their starting linebackers. Um, and, uh, in that defense was already without Emmanuel Mosley starting cornerback. Um, and 
you know, just knowing how many of those losses they were already dealing with, you could see that defense kind of reeling. And 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 the players said as much. It affected how they played in the fourth quarter. Um, they said it was just really hard to see Jason Verrett, who had an incredible comeback season last year, um, after just having an injury plagued career to this point uh, or to that point. Um, you know, uh, take that. <clears throat> sorry, take that kind of loss. And uh, uh, to his ACL and man, it just it seemed to fall apart quick for the Niners. But in this game, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo goes 17 to 25 for 314, uh, gets a touchdown on the first drive that he led down the field. Kyle Shanahan throws a crazy curveball, which we all knew would come at some point, but you didn't expect it in the very first drive (laughs) of the season. And Trey Lance comes out for the only portion of the game that he played. And ends up throwing a five-yard touchdown pass to Trent Sherfield um, on his very first throw in the NFL. And um, a fun stat on that 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 was the uh, that was the first time a quarterback has thrown a touchdown on their first pass since Tim Tebow uh, back in 2010. I love that little that that little get there little nugget. Yeah, a little golden nugget. Um, but. Jimmy looked absolutely awesome, uh, and the offense was running well. Also, the Niners lost Raheem Mostert uh, to a knee injury. Uh, it's going to be an arthroscopic surgery, but uh, doctors have told him uh, if he goes in the head and does the deeper dive on it right now, that he can prolong his career. So he is already elected to sit out the rest of the season. Niners have placed him on IR and Jason Verrett on IR today. Um, and a uh, bummer for the Niners loss for for you know, my heart. Um, but uh, we admit our biases on this show. Mm-hmm. That's something we're very passionate about. Uh, but it was good to see Jimmy do so well. Um, on the other side, uh, Penny Sewell, who we highlighted significantly uh, in last week's, or well, yeah, last week's show as we were making fun of uh, the Bengals. Uh, I think for two weeks we made fun of the <laughs> Bengals. Um, they had Penny Sewell starting at left tackle. Penny Sewell was up against Bosa. That's the card he drew right out of the gate. Is Tough. Nick Bosa and for the first half held his own. Uh, Bosa did not get his first tackle until late in the second quarter. Uh, Bosa did end up getting a sack. I uh, didn't end up with uh, three tackles for loss in total. I uh, had a great first outing. I uh, definitely said he's he's trying to find his way uh, a little bit right now. He's he's trying to get back to that explosive point that he had been at, uh, but had a great game. Uh, but Penny Sewell played absolutely fantastic. I think uh, everybody's been saying the same thing. The Lions have found their left tackle for years to come, and good for them. Uh, also, uh, in that game, you take away a pick six for Jared Goff. Played pretty solid against the Niners. Again, the Niners having multiple secondary issues and a, and a starting linebacker out. But um, Goff did seem to fit the system they're running there in Detroit pretty well. I know a lot of his yards came late in the game when the team had gotten behind. Uh, but you got to love the doesn't quit there in Goff uh, in trying to lead that team back in. And uh, it was pretty interesting to see one of the big knocks going back to uh, Garoppolo is that he uh, does not throw the ball well downfield. Uh, the next-gen stat of this game is that Jimmy Garoppolo was 6 of 7 uh, for 200 yards and a touchdown pass on passes of 10-plus air yards. So he is starting to throw the ball downfield with some consistency, with some, which is something this 49ers team needs in order to be successful this year. Again, I know the Niners had a lot of injury issues this week, 
Um, but uh, you you expect to get a Mosley back this week. Uh, they will have Greenlaw back. And then they also signed Drake Kirkpatrick and had Josh Norman on the squad if they needed him uh, this last week. And now Josh Norman will be joining the 53. So they're going to hope to find some consistency in that secondary really quick. And uh, Lenore, their cornerback, uh, shout out to our Ducks. Um, who, uh, Your Ducks. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, when I say our, I'm talking about me and Grant. This is the one time I'm going to include him um, in a positive manner. But uh, Lenore uh, came out. He had five passes attempted on him. One completion for a short gain. Uh, had a heck of a game uh, for a rookie corner uh, first game out. So good on him. But the 49ers, you need to uh, find a way to fill those holes. That Detroit Lions roster, still not good. We no. called that last week. It is not a good roster. It's going to be a long season, Detroit fans. Uh, but good on Dan Campbell for going to get in Sewell. You clearly locked up a, a position in need. And uh, I do think that in their youth, they're going to find some key things. Uh, they, had, they had some nice uh, play by their defensive line at different points. And certainly they were opportunistic when it came to uh, getting on the ball. So uh, it would be interesting to see how they develop as the season goes along. I know we're going to jump down to the Steelers and Bucks next. Yeah, and before we do that, I'll just add a couple of quick things. Uh, speaking about Jimmy, uh, obviously I've been uh, pretty critical, um, not really on this pod as much because we haven't had as much time to be critical, but off the pod, uh, I'm not the biggest Jimmy guy, but I will say um, this week was one of the better games I've seen him play um, because specifically one of my knocks is you know throwing the ball down the field, uh, which was ironic as a Jared Goff guy. Um, but uh, Jimmy G, a uh, really great game from him. I will say this about uh, Jerry Goff, speaking of the devil himself, uh, obviously made this game more interesting than it, than it had uh, any reason of being. Uh, I turned that game off pretty quick. Um, and then, lo and behold, I'm getting updates on my phone saying that they're down a possession with the ball. And I'm like, what's going on? Um, it was probably the most typical Jared Goff game I would have seen. At one point, he was like 15 for 21 with 91 yards, a touchdown and a pick, which as a Rams guy, I'm having flashbacks to pretty much every regular season game. A lot of Dinkin and Duncan, uh, yeah. a lot of just thrown to the sidelines, not really airing the ball out. Uh, and then as, you know, a Rams fan, again, when we were in a deficit, we would kind of, you know, get our tempo going. That's when he would actually start taking shots down the field. That's kind of what happened here. Um, so it was good to see him kind of continue to be what he is, even outside of a Sean McVay led offense um but nothing really too surprising there and again they just don't really have enough in detroit to really make any noise anywhere um this yep. will probably be the most exciting game the lions will have all year Ooh, hot uh, take because i don't an eight point loss most exciting it, game I, I, I mean lions are gonna have all year. when you score that many points in like a matter of minutes i don't think it's gonna get any better so <laughs> enjoy that one while you have it detroit um but we're gonna move on to our next game here this was actually a pretty big game this week i think uh, and that was Pittsburgh Steelers uh, versus the Buffalo Bills, um, a team that I had in my uh, AFC championship game and, and a team that I think is going to be making it to the Super Bowl. He says what I said last week. We'll kind of get into yeah, that a little bit later yeah, on. Yeah, we will. Um, but because everybody that we picked lost, with yeah. the exception of maybe one team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I To me, the biggest takeaway from this game, I mean, there's two big ones, obviously. Uh, and I think the first one is Steelers defense. Um, dominant, absolutely dominant. I mean, when you look at what everybody was saying about Josh Allen and the bills, especially from the offensive side of things going into this season, we were like, 
is Josh Allen going to be an MVP candidate? Are the Bills going to win the most games? How many yards is he going to go for? Is Diggs going to have another big year? All of that kind of stuff. And you put up 16 points and you throw the ball 51 times and only have, what, 200 something yards? I don't have it in front of me right here, but not a very big game um, for for Josh Allen there. Not a great um, passer rating as well, Uh, obviously not being very efficient. But when we're looking at the defense, TJ Watt, is there anything no. I need to say about TJ Watt? Well, the man got paid this last he week. He got paid. And he got paid quarterback money this last week. He is week. worth every penny of that. What is he, I think his average is going to be $35 million. Yeah. $35 million a year so, on that contract? That, he, he is absolutely worth every dime of that. There, there are a handful of defensive guys in the league that we could rattle off, and I think everybody kind of understands that TJ Watt really is that guy. Yeah. Um, especially... Um, in an edge rusher uh, in today's day and age, it's it's just big. Uh, but their defense was incredible. Um, yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden, Devin Bush, uh, all those guys making some pretty big plays. Cam Sutton as well. Um, their defense, I think, is even better than I anticipated them being, and I had them um, rated pretty highly going into this year, mostly because of PJ Watt and just kind of the Steelers' history. Um, and again, to to see them do what they did to Josh Allen kind of begs the question, is this more of a Steelers defense thing? Is this more of a, a Josh Allen thing? You know, I, I think that's actually something we're going to be talking about a little bit later as well. Um, but I think they are that good. I don't think we'll see too many games like this out of Josh Allen necessarily, but uh, a big statement game for their defense there. Um, big Ben. Still getting it done. Got it done. Still getting it done. Um, not much out of him, uh, if we're being honest. And it to me, this Steelers team is is going to be driven by defense. Uh, even though they do have some good weapons on the offensive side of things, it's going to be hard, I think, for uh, for Ben at his advanced age, thirty nine years old this season, seventeen game season. Yeah, uh, it, it's going to be a big ask for him. Uh, we know Ben is a big swinger of the ball. He's going to throw it downfield. He's going to make those plays, but when you start to get a little bit older and you haven't taken as good a care of your body as a guy like Tom Brady, um, it could, you know, spell disaster. Who knows? Uh, you know what I, after watching one game, I think what I am, uh, what I'm seeing here and it, I'm just having flashbacks to this one team. It, 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 uh, it feels a lot like, uh, Peyton Manning led Broncos. And, you know, it's a it's a guy that was known for chucking the ball, had a significant injury um, and uh, and really, I mean, chucking the ball, but shredding defense. This is what uh, yeah. Peyton Manning did for a living. Um, and you you kind of see uh, the slow starts that a lot of the, the Broncos games would take, even in the even in the Super Bowl when they beat Cam, um, they they start kind of slow and it's just kind of a progression and a progression, and then finally they find the thing in the defense without turning the ball over, uh, which they did very well at. Um, mm-hmm. Find the thing in the defense that they can exploit. Um, you know, a couple cool stats on them were uh, that uh, the Steelers generated 231 yards and 13 first downs after opening the game with 22 yards and three first downs in their first 14 plays. Those 14 plays, by the way, covered six, six. drives. Six drives out of the gate. So 
you know, yeah, they're going to be bent on defense. Um, but as long as Big Ben does not turn the ball over and can efficiently run that offense, who cares if you're winning 20 to 17? Who cares if you're, you know, winning exactly. 17 to 10? Uh, wins are wins in the NFL, and you get them how you get them, and your rosters are all built differently. I, I harped on the offensive line last week. They did not do a great uh, job on the left side. I said, I don't like rebuilding uh, offensive lines. I don't like this one. <laughs> Najee Harris got stuffed at the line a whole bunch. I don't think he's going to have a bad year or anything. I definitely picked him uh, in my main league, but um, they've got some things to work on there. Uh, that was uh, pretty obvious. Yeah. And I mean, fortunately, uh, even though Ben, uh, even if he is going to be uh, a version that might be a shell of himself, um, one thing to kind of keep in mind is he's a vet. He's a guy that can get you those big plays still, which is what he did this week. He had that third and seven conversion to Claypool uh, kind of towards the end of the game. Um, so again, knowing how great their defense is, this isn't necessarily going to be an aired out Pittsburgh offense. Um, they're going to be, I think, a team that's going to dink and dunk a little bit, rely on Harris in the run game. And it's hard to beat a team. You know, if, like you said, if you're putting up 20 points, but you can't get, you know, three scores in a game, it, it's going to be right. really hard. So, um, you know, I, I, I think they're going to have a good chance this year. Um, but that offense with Big Ben, it, it can be a little iffy. Yeah, if they um, get down, they're not yeah, going to you, you, you really have to hope that your defense keeps you in the game. Yep. Um, because if it's a situation where, for instance, going back to the 49ers game, if you're in that kind of hole, there's no chance. You just you don't have the firepower right. uh, anymore to be able to do that. Ben's not a guy that's going to you know throw for 5,000 yards in a season anymore. Yeah. Um, so, um, And then, again, kind of our last big point here is Josh Allen. Um, again... I, is this more Josh Allen? Is this more the defense? This is a very good defense, so it, it could end up being first game jitters. We obviously know that these days guys aren't playing in preseason games anymore. Yep. Uh, so a lot of times the first week or two or even three can still be kind of feeling out a team, filling out a roster, um, kind of getting their feet back under them. Um, I don't think this is necessarily going to be something that we're going to see all season for Josh Allen, but it is kind of a wake up call, I think, for the Bills to kind of get on pace because when you have as many good teams as you do, especially in the AFC, it's going to be very difficult um, to lose more games like this, which I think everybody kind of knew that like, okay, hey, this is probably a game that the bills are going to win. So you don't really want to chalk that one away, but yep. nobody wants to start. on one. I do expect them to bounce back. Um, he, he just, he couldn't get the ball downfield this week. Uh, one for eight on passes of 20 yards or more. Uh, which obviously he was slinging the ball last season. Um, right. So turned the ball over as well. He fumbled twice uh, on a strip sack actually from uh, TJ Watt um, and they just couldn't find their way into the end zone. So uh, Allen was a little off target this week. I do expect a, a bounce back week. Uh, this is probably one of the worst games he's played um, since his rookie year. So I do expect a, a bounce back, but that that was definitely the start that you weren't hoping uh, if you're a Bills fan. Sure. And, you know, I think two things that jump out to me. Well, one thing that jumps out to me and another that causes a question here is um, he uh, he went 30 of 51 and they were not down by significant margin. Why in the world are you needing to attempt 51 uh, passes in a game when you're not down? This wasn't much? a shootout. <laughs> this shouldn't know? have been a shootout. What that says right there 
is that we can't rely on a run game. They have, we said this last week in the preview, they've got to figure out how to run the ball. Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, neither one has become a standout back that they were hoping for. They're, they're wanting to use Singletary uh, between the 20s, and Moss is more of a red zone uh, threat. But genuinely, that does not seem to be the answer for them. And at some point, it feels like they've got to pull trigger and change up the running back scenario in uh, it up in Buffalo or you, that uh, that Super Bowl hopefulness uh, is going to go to the wayside. Because if you've got to if if outside of the offensive and defensive lines, you have to be able to run the ball in this league effectively, not uh not in in terms of percentage, you can still throw the ball more and be successful, but 51 attempts Mm. is too many attempts to win football games consistently. And uh, you just hate to see a team doing that. Um, And, and maybe there's a little bit of play calling here uh, that we, that we should be concerned about for the bills. But I just say, I honestly, I think it, it shows that they can't rely on that run game and uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how things change for them. We're going to run on down to one of the surprises of the week. I don't think it should be a massive surprise. I just think the Texans suck so bad that they shouldn't have beat the Jaguars. But maybe we're just wrong and the Jaguars really, really, really do suck. And we're all just being hopeful. I don't know. Um, But truth is good for uh, Tyrod Taylor, who looked awesome at 32 years old. He came back uh, strong. Dude can still move well in the pocket, uh, showed himself as a runner uh, when he needed to, uh, but his accuracy was definitely there. Um, they were able to get up to a, a early lead, and uh, the Jaguars tried to come back. Trevor Lawrence struggled, um, and I'm not going to put all this on him because this is any situation. When you put a quarterback in, uh, in the situation where he's got to throw, he has to, this is Trevor Lawrence's first professional game and he's put into a double-digit deficit that he's got to climb out of. And basically, the uh, play calling switches from run, run, pass to pass, pass, run? Uh, and for the rest of the game. So he ends up with three interceptions, also had three touchdowns, um, and, uh, and had uh, an incredible conversion, third and 17 conversion on a 41-yard strike uh, to uh, DJ Chark. Uh, so. I, I give him a pass on this because of the situation he's put in for sure. Uh, at least one of those interceptions is not fully on him, uh, by the way, either. Um, but the Jaguars offense was not great. And you've got a really good ro- uh, running back in James Robinson. Would you please use him, Urban Meyer, because my fantasy teams <laughs> depend on it. Um, but and your team might depend on it. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um <laughs> But uh, uh, they did not look very good. Uh, it looked like they were they were hopeful uh, for much of that game, um, especially uh, on uh, second and third down. You saw a lot of uh, good scheme plays ready to go on first, and then it just seemed like they were not reading defense well uh, and uh, and unable to uh, overcome a whole lot of pressure from the Texans, which was a little bit of a uh, surprise. Um, and, uh, uh, you saw that the Texans were able to just get in that backfield quick, by the way, Trevor Lawrence just lost his first regular season game since he was in junior high, a stat that doesn't feel real. That is a hundred percent true. However, never lost a regular season game at Clemson in high school. 
Uh, but he comes and uh, plays in Jacksonville, and they're real good at one thing in Jacksonville, and that's losing football losing games. Football games. They are very good at that. Not a lot to touch on there. Uh, those are two bad teams that are going to lose a whole lot of games. But again, great for Tyrod Taylor. Love seeing him get the win. Uh, and his first real shot to uh, to sit in the driver's seat as a starting quarterback in the NFL with nobody breathing down his neck. So I uh, love that for him. But uh, I know we're going to move on to a game that was uh, a definite shock, in my opinion, uh, when it came not necessarily to who won, but how they did it. Let's move mm-hmm. on down to the Cardinals Titans. So scored here, uh, 38 to 13 Cardinals taking this one in Yikes. Uh, a fashion that I don't think any of us saw coming. I, I, I think a lot of people could have easily seen the Cardinals winning this game for sure. Um, we all know how juiced the NFC West is, and we know what the Cardinals bring to the table, both from an offensive perspective, but also adding JJ Watt, even at his age now, uh, they have a pretty stout defense and, but 38 to 13, um, you know, from a, a team like the Titans who has been, they've been making some runs in the playoffs, obviously haven't, you know, taken that next leap, but a team, uh, nonetheless that I would expect to be there again, just getting absolutely pounded. Yeah. Um, and, and, Aside from some of the offensive things, I do think that Cardinals defense is really taking the next step. Um, we, you gotta say it. You gotta say it. It's unbelievable. The stat from this game is nuts. <laughs> it is ridiculous. I can't wait till you say this. So, man, I mean, first of all, again, J.J. Watt making his return. Um, I Actually, they even have it noted here. Um was the first to make his arrival by recording that early tackle for loss. Derrick Henry, Chandler Jones did the rest with five sacks. Five people. One, two, three, four. Holy cow! How did he get that, five? That's like a he dipped Tannehill five times. That's a that's. I think he had like three in the first quarter. Oh my gosh! That that's like a, a Michael Jordan shrug versus the Blazers in the playoffs as he's banking threes in. I'm I'm literally watching my little ticker on my phone and I'm watching the score go up and I'm like, what in the good Lord's name is happening? So I hit the box score and I'm like, okay, Kyler's making some plays. And then I in my head I go, you know, I wonder how that defensive line is doing. And then I see five tackles for loss in the middle of the second quarter already from this defense. And you're going, holy cow, Derrick Henry can't run the ball. Tannehill can't pass the ball. This is ridiculous. And I, if there's one thing that I could have usually wagered on, it's Derrick Henry is going to run for 100 yards, and that's just going to be it. He has found his kryptonite. And that Cardinals defense um, was a brick wall, and he kept running into it over and over and over again. It was incredible to see that that five sacks. That's uh, not only is that a great head start for any sort of record that you're trying to attain with an extra game in a season, but it, it's just unbelievable to see that, uh, especially against a team uh, like the Titans. Um, that was my biggest takeaway because if there's one thing that I kind of had an expectation of going in kind of the the next point here. Um, which is Kyler Murray and his performance. We knew that that offense kind of had what it takes. We saw it in the first half of last year, and then Kyler had that shoulder injury, I believe it was, kind of slowed them down quite a bit. Um, the the point that they even have here on uh, on the article that we're looking at was if we awarded the league MVP in week one, Kyler Murray 
won it in a landslide. And I, I was watching uh, a lot of the plays from that game, kind of catching up as much as I could. Um, his touch is still insane. We kind of talked about this a little bit last week, too. He's got that baseball arm, so he can throw those weird angles. He's shifty. He's athletic. Um, he had a couple of those back foot passes that you just wonder, like, how are you getting that much distance? How are you getting that much air on a back foot throw? Yeah. Um, had a couple of scores like that to uh, Christian Kirk. Uh, his mobility is going to continue to cause problems for uh, a lot of defenses in this league, especially with that arm. Um, you know, I look at a guy like um, Lamar uh, Jackson, who we'll talk about um, a little bit later as well as we get to that game. Um, but I think one of the key differences here is being able to get out of the pocket, being able to move, being shifty and fast and being a threat on your feet, but also having that arm strength and being able to make any throw on the field really sets him apart. Um, we, we have a 21 of 32, 289, four touchdowns, one pick. Um, the addition of AJ Green obviously adds an extra weapon there. Um, not necessarily a highlight for this game, but uh, nonetheless, uh, when you have a stout defense like that with some standout stuff, from Chandler Jones, which obviously we won't expect to see every week. Um, but you combine that with the offensive firepower uh, that you're getting from a guy like Kyler Murray, who's healthy, who has weapons. Um, it's, again, more evidence that the NFC West is what we thought it's going to be. And it makes the NFC West even that more interesting as we continue to look at the NFC West um, you know, throughout the rest of these games. Um, spoiler alert, they all won. And they all dominated pretty much most of the games that they played. Um, And um, that was definitely shocking, though. I I expected them to win this game. I did not expect what I saw on both ends of the field um, from the Cardinals. So that was that was big. Um, And and the Titans, they just kind of want to get this week over with. They want to move on to the next one. They want to have that short term memory because I don't think that's who this Titans team is. Obviously, we could see that become. A thing, um, but it, it's one of those games where when you give up five sacks, that's not something that's going to happen every game. You kind of just chalk that one, move on to the next one. If things normalize, I, I still have pretty high hopes for this Titans team. But man, that was a tough first week. Yeah, man. it was. You, uh, you also, you want to have some fun with this one? Take a wild guess. Um, who the which team in the NFL was the last team to have a player get five sacks in a single game? I won't make you name the year, but I will make you uh, try and guess the team that did it. Team that had five sacks? Yeah, one one player had five sacks oh, one from, player? A, from an individual team. Yep. It was very recent. Mm. Like, we're only... I'll, I'll be this nice. We're only going back to last year. Wow, I just can't remember. It was the Arizona Cardinals. Really? Son Riddick. Really? Oh, actually, five okay. five sacks last year against the Giants uh, oh. two weeks before Christmas. Okay. And yeah, I, I was, I'm looking down the list here, um, you know, because I'm like, man, how often does this happen? You know, I wanted to see that. Um, prior to that, I believe our, the, the one before was um, Adrian Claiborne from Atlanta. Had a promising start to that career. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, um, but the uh, the one that really hit me, and and this is a R.I.P. moment here. Uh, Derek Thomas, seven in one game against the Seahawks in 1990. Really, six in a game against the Raiders in '98. 
wow. yeah, his his name is all over this multi Saxon <laughs> in a game uh, list here. Cleo Max got a, a five uh, sack game against the Broncos uh, back in uh, fifteen. Okay. Uh, so yeah, there's there's actually some some uh, current Alden Smith for the 49ers against the Bears. Um, that was back in 2012. Alden Smith not allowed to play football right now. Um, but yeah, that was that was pretty cool. That's so they, they. I mean, if they do this once a year, you know, you can chalk whatever game that is. <laughs> um, that they yeah. get five sacks out of one guy to a win. Yeah, and uh, that's how you win games in in the NFL is keeping the quarterback on his back. So yeah, uh, good job on that. Which, this week. Uh, speaking of that, that's not something that Tennessee could do to Kyler Murray. Uh, our next gen stat for this game is Kyler Murray completed eight of ten pass attempts against the Blitz for 142 yards, two touchdowns, and a perfect passer rating. Something that I watched the 49ers do last year all year was, uh, it, well, and and this is their defense. It's designed to rush four, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's also what the Steelers are doing right now. Uh, lowest. Blitz rate in the league week one was the Steelers against the Bills. Yep. Um, but this is how you beat some of these quarterbacks. Uh, they can they can take you out with your legs. You leave the quarter or the the linebacker to be able to spy. You leave a Fred Warner, a Drake Greenlaw, uh, like the 49ers do uh, to spy, and uh, uh, you don't allow Kyler Murray to take off. That's how the 49ers were able to beat the the Cardinals once last year. But that's also how the court the Cardinals beat the 49ers last year was they would blitz. They would. Um, send that fifth rusher and all of a sudden you lose your spy and Kyler Murray takes off on you or dismantles your defense because mm-hmm. you left a one-on-one against hop or AJ green or whoever you're leaving a one-on-one against. And he's going to beat you with that. So yeah, he can yeah, put the ball where he needs to in that. Um, but yeah, that yeah, absolutely insane. Um, so that'll be uh, for me. The Cardinals are a team this year. that are going to be kind of a much watch. Um, obviously I like to kind of keep tabs on what's going on in the division that I root for, but um, they're just exciting. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I love watching Kyler Murray play. Um, but we're going to move on here uh, and I'll have you start us off. We had another pretty surprising game, I think. Um, maybe not outcome wise, but score wise and performance wise. Uh, we're looking at Eagles and Falcons. Yeah, I'm going to run through this and some other uh, not so interesting ones uh, pretty quick here. But uh, and we won't do a full deep dive on several of these. But yeah. uh, the Eagles Falcons uh, was a 32 to six final. Um, the Eagles go in and just dismantle uh, the Falcons. Did not think that's how this was going to go. I uh, could have certainly picked the Eagles on the road here uh, with their improving roster and the fact that Atlanta doesn't have one. Um, but uh, Jalen Hurts looked good, like real good. Uh, 27 to 35, 264, uh, ran for another 62. Uh, Devonta Smith caught his first touchdown pass in the NFL. I was a little skeptical on that, uh, st- how those statistics were going to go for Devonta. I avoided him in fantasy just in case. Uh, I don't like taking a lot of rookies. I'm that guy. Yeah. Um, d- don't take a lot of rookies in fantasy. I like them to prove it. Uh, and I'm not in any keeper leagues anymore. So that's, that's the main reason I don't. Um, but, uh, Hurts look great. Um, Matt Ryan did not, uh, 164. Passing yards, 21 of 35. Um, his offensive line was absolute trash in the second half. Gave up three sacks. Uh, Calvin Ridley, everybody was so excited about. He's finally getting the number one uh, on on the roster. And fantasy owners ran after him. I saw him as the fourth or fifth receiver taking off a bunch of boards. Five receptions, 51 yards. 
Uh, Kyle Pitts, by the way, number three to six tight end, depending on the league you're in. Uh, four for 31. Yeah. Not um, good. Um, and uh, there was 124 uh, rushing yards that came in for the Falcons, but still not great. Um, and uh, overall, that 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 offense has got to do a whole lot better uh, than just under 300 yards. They want to win any games. Uh, this year, but good on the Eagles defense. Uh, pretty solid uh, effort all the way around. Um, the Hurts uh, also, we were just talking about uh, Kyler Murray against the Blitz. Hurts uh, is quick at getting rid of that ball. Nine mm-hmm. of 11 for 108 and two touchdowns against the Blitz. Um, it, that is a, some fantastic numbers when you're putting a guy into Kyler Murray territory um, already. That that's That's pretty awesome. So good on him. We're going to run right down to the Vikings, Bengals. The Bengals won this game. No one on God's green earth was picking the Bengals unless nope. you're a psycho that lives in Vegas and you're just having fun with a few <laughs> extra dollars you got. Um, but uh, 27-24 in overtime. The Bengals take this one against the Vikings. I, I watched the end of this game uh, there with Grant and Levi at my place. That was super interesting to watch. Uh, bro got the opportunity and and good on his defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave him that opportunity and he just took it. Drove it right down the field. Got the, he got the field goal when he needed to. Uh, they're late in overtime. I think they were down to like the two minute mark or something uh, when that finally got going. Didn't didn't do so hot right out of the gate in in overtime. Uh, looked as though this game had slipped away from him. I I thought Cousins had this and. Uh, Turnovers are turnovers, people, mm-hmm. and uh, and Joe Burrow did what he needed to to get it done. Um, they uh, uh, <clears throat> the Vikings, uh, you know, put up twenty four points. Their defense is the ultimately the thing uh, that uh, kept them from winning this game. Uh, they surrendered a nice game to Joe Mixon. Uh, had a solid 127 on 29 carries. Uh, don't love the 29 carries on Joe Mixon, who's also coming off an injury plague season. That's not going to be sustainable, uh, but you do love to see him be productive after coming off an injury, so good for him. Um, I look for the Vikings to certainly bounce back. This is one that just should have been a cupcake win. Uh, for a, a roster that's supposed to be good, but you're seeing a lot of one-year contracts on the Vikings roster. It might take a few games before they're playing in sync and really getting stuff done. I think that's something to watch. Uh, go down to the Jets-Panthers. Another not-so-great game. Um, the Panthers win this one 19-14. Um, Zach Wilson did all right. That's I, I, that's a one st- headline out of this. We're looking at all the rookie quarterbacks. He did all right. Um, his numbers were okay. Um, you know, you, you want to see, um, you want to see him try and make it out of a game injury free, but or I'm injury free. If he made it through <laughs> the game with that, I meant interception free. Uh, he threw for two fifty eight, two touchdowns, had an interception, uh, not a bad first outing, but what I loved about this game was justice served for Sam Darnold, uh, who got out of New York, wanted away from that jets team. Uh, didn't by any means uh, have uh, um, the most spectacular game of all time, but he went 24 for 35, and Robbie Anderson did uh, what he does, um, caught a 57-yarder for him. Uh, and Christian McCaffrey, though, um, by the way, this just in, Christian McCaffrey still amazing at football. <laughs> 30, 30 touches, almost 200 yards. 
Um, just give him the ball. Doesn't matter how you do it. Give him the ball, and the dude produces. Uh, so another good uh, get for uh, for them. Uh, love the the start of the season with the win. I want to highlight one other win for the Jets, though. Both those touchdowns, and I said this last week. Corey Davis. Corey Davis is his favorite target. If you can make a trade, if you uh, like in the next couple of weeks, if you got some dumb friend that doesn't want to value the Jets passing game, get Corey Davis. He's going to have 100 catches. He's going to score 12 to 13 touchdowns. He's already got two. I'm telling you, get Corey Davis. Do whatever you can uh, to get that kid. Jets don't He's, have much. So. No. They got, but they got Corey Davis. But they have Corey Davis. Five ninety, five uh, ninety-seven yards and two touchdowns. Um, that was their offense. Because guess what, Tevin Coleman, not a formidable running back in the NFL. Nope. Um, and I think, uh, I think they're going to see that week to week. Uh, they also have a running back situation to get figured out. If they can give Zach Wilson a, a better running game, uh, Zach Wilson is going to win some games for that team. I, I, their defense is good enough because Robert Sala is a great D coordinator. Yep. Um, I know he's not D coordinating right now, but as the head coach, he's going to set you up well on the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, he certainly has done that. Um, hopefully for Zach Wilson, they can get a little bit of a run game going. And, uh, to add to that as well, um, before we move on to the next one here, um, he did get sacked quite a bit. Zach Wilson yeah. sacked six times. Uh, that's fifth most all time for a quarterback in his first career start. So. Obviously, along with a run game, it would be nice to be able to not be Shoot. in the dirt, uh, you know, every other snap. So, Six times? How many? I want to know. I want to know the other ones now. Yeah. That's, like, fifth, that that seems fifth like most? that's fifth most. That, that seems like it's David like car territory here. Like <laughs> it's got to be somebody. I don't like know that. if I want to know uh, <laughs> because that makes my body six, hurt. Six acts is a lot. That, that is a lot. And uh, which he played well. Despite that pressure, which yeah. is a good sign. Uh, again, only one turnover. Yeah, you you get what you get there. Um, so uh, hopefully he can stay healthy. You know, obviously you sure. uh, kind of talked about um, trying to be you know interception free uh, and accidentally said injury free, but we do want to be injury free here. And and being sacked <laughs> six times is not both really, a goal. Yeah, is being sacked six times is not really a good start to that. But um, promising future, uh, I think, for the Jets you know, knock on wood. I feel like everybody says that every time they get somebody, but here we go. So, um, good stuff from yeah. them, but ultimately, uh, glad for Darnold to be able to go in, have a clean game yeah. and ultimately having McCaffrey in your back pocket is going to help anybody. And Darnold, I, I think it, it's nice for him to just kind of settle in, get a win against your old team. Feel good about that going into week two. Yeah. In the NFL, uh, a lot of times the team with the best running back, uh, gets those close wins and that was yeah. a running back led close win better running game gets you there uh get or get you the w there uh we're moving into the chargers and washington 20 to 16 the chargers get the win and fitz magic is on the ir Ooh. oh my gosh he's got uh like a hip issue i mean which is just you know i understand he's a older quote-unquote quarterback in the nfl um, not so old in today's NFL uh, for a quarterback, but <laughs> he's, he is older. He's in his prime, apparently still 37. Of, I think yeah. is that, <laughs> um, but yeah, he, uh, he did hit the IR. So, uh, is it, is it Heineke or Heineke? Heineke. Heineke. Thank you. I asked that question. I think already once, <laughs> um, Heineke will be your starter going forward. Um, super bummed for, 
Fitzpatrick, but it doesn't sound like Fitzmagic is out for the year. Uh, this looks like a uh, mid-range stay on the IR, probably eight weeks, yeah. um, and uh, if, if things go well. Um, but there's this guy named Justin Herbert who played in this game. He's still also really good at football. Uh, 31-47, 337 yards. Did have a pick and only one touchdown. This is a low-scoring game, uh, but the defense was, were duking it out. Um, but man, can he throw the deep ball and look oh. good doing it again? I uh, Keenan Allen, I uh, also had a fumble in this game that that did not help. Uh, when it, they were driving down the field, this could have been honestly a double digit win yeah. uh, for the Chargers if not for this very untimely uh, fumble by Keenan Allen. Um, the uh, um, the Redskins. I uh, having a poll, uh, an audible here. I mean, uh, Heineke did not look bad. Uh, 11 no. to 15, 122 and a touchdown. Um, but Antonio Gibson is one of the reasons I did not take him on a fantasy team. The dude fumbles the ball. It up. Yep. He does. And he did it again. Uh, they were trying to come back and he puts one on the turf and game over. Um, the story of this game to me that was, uh, or the sorry, the stat line that, uh, of this game to me that's very important to mention is that Washington got just five quarterback pressures when rushing four um, and only had a pressure rate of 21.7%. Uh, uh, 23 dropbacks there um, were only able to get five quarterback pressures. And so Herbert had a ton of time in this game. That's what that translates out to. Uh, for you non-nerdy people. <laughs> um, and uh, Washington, we really felt like was going to come out defensively. Um, that offensive line is still very stout, uh, despite some of the losses that it had uh, to free agency. And uh, boy, it, it looks like they're ready to go here. Uh, Brandon Staley gets his uh, first win in the first week as head coach. Uh, good for the Chargers. We, we said that this team... Was probably headed to double digit wins. Uh, this this is the kind of game you got to win, and uh, and they got that one done. So good on them. Uh, I don't have any other standout stuff from that one, but I no. love watching Justin Herbert uh, win football I mean, games. So I will say it's about time the Chargers squeak out a single oh, single digit win. Good uh, point. That's another uh, little thing they have here is they've played in twenty four one possession games since twenty nineteen, the most in NFL. The the Chargers were able to come through with the win. In uh, his head coaching debut for Staley after losing 16 of those games oh, from 2019 geez. to 2020, the most also in that span, uh, and the third most uh, of any team in a two season span in the history of the NFL. Um, Credit NFL.com for that deep uh, that, research. That, that is a good one. Um, and I mean, even watching them last season, you're like, man, I feel like the Chargers could have, you know, done something here had some of those games flipped in their oh, favor. Oh, for sure. Uh, when you're talking about being that close and being so competitive in so many games. So good on them to squeak it out, even uh, you know, despite only having one touchdown from Herbert, still airs it out. I, I love watching that kid play, uh, even if he is uh, an Oregon Duck. Yeah, well, thank you. you know? Well, I move into what should have been the game of the week. <laughs> Uh, and was the murder of all the entire weekend. I this turned is off the, other games for this game. Yes, and and then and then went back to going and watching the <laughs> yeah. Chiefs um, and the Browns. Exactly. Um, uh, this the Saints and the Packers. 
was heralded as, I believe this was Fox's uh, NFL game of the week. It was the game of the week. And um, it disappointed in a horrible way. Game of the stink. Because um, we mentioned earlier, um, Aaron Rodgers didn't look like he wanted to play football, uh, at least for the Packers. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he played real well for the Saints uh, on Sunday, but... Uh, I read this awesome stat that said if he would have thrown the ball into the ground the I entire game, he yep. would have had a better passer rating than what he actually had attempting to throw passes. Um, that's that's a dumb stat. I've only seen that happen one other time <laughs> um, in uh, in games. I'm and I'm remembering right now. I believe that was a horrible game. Believe it or not, from uh, from Allen his rookie season. Really? Um, yeah, that was the last time that happened. So. But 38 to 3, Jameis Winston comes out and is efficient as can be, throws count them five touchdowns. Uh, absolutely fantastic game. I he looked in Sean Payton's offense. Um, and I I hate to be this guy because I love Drew Brees. Yeah. But he genuinely ran Drew Brees' offense. Uh, well, Sean Payton's offense that Drew Brees captained. Um, and he did it to near perfection against what should be one of the best teams in the NFC. On paper, the Packers are still, uh, I would say, the second or third most talented roster, at least, in the the NFC. And I'm, I'm of course, giving the Buccaneers number one there. Um, And that was a shocker that that, uh, this game played out the way that it did. Uh, Just bad football all the way around by the Packers. They need to figure that out. Not all of that's on Rodgers. Uh, certainly, he did not help. Um, but uh, you you can't give up uh, th- that many points and then expect Aaron Rodgers to lead you out of that either. Again, Jordan Love ended up finishing up this game quarterbacking uh, for the Packers um, just because uh, there's no point in putting uh, your franchise quarterback out there at that point. But um, yeah, the this game, by the way, played in Jacksonville um, yep. due to uh, Hurricane Ida. Uh, and the impact there in New Orleans. So um, the Saints came out playing not on a home field, but certainly in the warm weather that they enjoy uh, down in that area and uh, lit it up. Don't have a bunch more out of here, but um, I will give Grant some credit. Do you remember? James Winston, Dark Dark Horse. Horse MVP. Uh, Now, that's literally the first (laughs) thing I was thinking about when we were getting ready to do this is I'm looking at the stat lines and I'm like, man, Jameis threw five touchdowns. Are you kidding me? And um, I mean, it's it's alive. And I I heard some other broadcasters kind of talking about that as well. Like, hey, you know, just kind of keep that there. Yep. Is that sustainable? I don't think so. But who knows? Uh, the key thing for Jameis is obviously no turnovers. Um, yep. So good for him there. Um, I you know his his yardage, not super impressive, but you don't really need to keep that as uh yeah. as, as something here when you're already just running up the score you got five touchdowns you're starting with good yeah. field position with the turnovers so there's not really much yardage for you to get and it's not like he was inefficient either so love, love this one uh and a 55 yard touchdown to deontay harris was winston's longest completion by air yards which was 47.8 for the nerds mm-hmm. um and air distance 59 uh since 2017 uh he his arm seems to be just fine, uh, just as much as his eyes have magically changed uh, since having LASIK. His arm seems to be doing real good. And that, that year on the bench clearly has taught him a lot. Yeah, and I mean, you see a lot, too, with 
what this Saints offense can be when you can throw the ball down the field, which is what you didn't yeah. have with Drew Brees the last few years. Uh, he just no didn't hate. have it in him. And I mean, even Drew Brees uh, during the broadcast was saying, it's like, apparently this is what they were missing is throwing <laughs> the ball down the field, just kind of, you know, uh, poking at himself a little yeah. bit there. But um, obviously, I, I think a lot of us knew that the Saints were still going to be legit. Uh, how legit were they going to be when you're running Jameis Winston coming off of, um, you know, 15, 16 years of Drew Brees, you know, he haven't had another quarterback playing that position for them aside from, right. you know, injuries here and there since like 2005. So it, it's a definitely a, a change of scenery for them, but big game out of Jameis. Uh, I was actually even messaging one of my buddies who's a big uh, Saints guy. And I was like, man, your boys are looking good. And that was before they were running up the score as is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was a no doubter from the get go. Yeah, um, it, it really was. I don't have any stat here in front of me, but I would be curious to see how many multi pick games uh, Aaron Rodgers has in his career because he's of all the quarterbacks we have in this a league, lot. he's a guy who's not known for you know throwing interceptions. Um, yeah. and, and so for a game like this, um, you know, one of the again weird stats we have here following this game is he had that thirty six point eight passer rating. Um, and they scored three points, uh, the fewest in history for a reigning MVP in his first game in the following season. So obviously a pretty rough start for them there. I obviously do expect the Packers to bounce back. There's still a lot of drama there in that organization in this offseason with Aaron and you know everything going on in the Packers. You know, Pretty much ever since that Jordan Love draft, there's kind of been this back and forth there. Um, mm-hmm. Was Rodgers going to retire? Was he just going to hold out? Was he going to try to request a trade? Uh, you know, you have a lot of people talking about, you know, is that kind of just in the back of his mind affecting performance? Is it, uh, you know, affecting performance of the rest of the team as well? Should they have traded him to the Broncos? You know, who the answer knows? to all those things might be yes. Yeah. Um, and, and so uh, I still expect them to bounce back as a team that, you know, I have in my top four uh, when it's all said and done in the uh, in the NFC. It's a team that I expected to probably. Uh, return and face off against the Bucks in the NFC Championship game, right. but obviously there there are a lot of things you got to patch up. Um, Aaron didn't really have much to say about the uh, the game afterwards, other than saying you know just get into next week, do what we got to do. Sixteen games left. Uh, I expect him to bounce back individually. They have the roster for it, um, but man, they just got picked apart. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, I cannot find the, the multiple touchdowns thing. I looked. It's probably not a list that exists because people didn't think to write it. <laughs> sure. But Aaron Rodgers, uh, going into that game, only 89 interceptions in his career. Uh, something to keep in mind as the dude uh, has 16 NFL seasons. Yeah, he's been playing for a while. Folks, so, so um, yeah, moving on down to the Broncos Giants. Another, in my mind, trash game. This was a toss up. Uh, going in, and it looks like the better overall defense wins. 27-13 Broncos. Uh, Von Miller had a heck of a game. Um, Glad he for had, him. He Remember, this is still the NFL's uh, active career sack leader um, and been dealing with a lot of injuries the past few years, but he had two in this one. Um, and uh, uh, one of them was just an oopsie. Uh, by the Giants uh, line who legitimately forgot to block him on a play <laughs> and left Daniel Jones uh, to get murdered uh, there in the fourth quarter. Um, he had a total of seven pressures, by the way, too. Fantastic uh, sign for the Broncos defense. As long as that dude stays healthy, they may have a chance. I hate I hated on this last week, and I called him old and done. 
Um, he had a good week. I'm not saying that his skill uh, has diminished to the point where he won't do really well, but this might be his only multi-sack game of the year yep. and likely will be, in my opinion. In my, that's my opinion. Hot take. Oh, my gosh. I think you're playing the perfect um, team to get a multi-sack yes. game, if we're being completely honest here. I was just going to say, let's remember that this offensive line is one of those rebuilding offensive lines that we talked to. We talked about they have lost their center guard or uh, right or left, or, or sorry, right tackle, not their left tackle, uh, literally uh, in back to back to back to back years. So this <laughs> team loses one of its mainstay offensive linemen uh, literally every year and is constantly rebuilding. One of the reasons that Saquon Barkley got hurt, um, yep. but uh, Saquon was back uh, and played not great. Uh, 10 rushes for 26 yards. Not his best outing of his career, but this remains a team who, honestly, if you can stop that guy, can stop the offense. Uh, Daniel Jones right now is not playing at even a mediocre level in the NFL, uh, and uh, he's got a long way to go uh, before he gets there. Um, he is still struggling, fumbling the ball. Uh, did it again, and probably going to do it next week and maybe the week after i it's just not it's it's not good football and he continually yeah. puts his team in a position to lose games uh teddy bridgewater who we all love you are an nfl fan you love better teddy. love you some teddy bridgewater um he is getting it done for the broncos i mean it's not hard to do when the defense is playing that solid gets uh that offense contributes three touchdowns through a uh, two field goals in the game and 27 points will get it done more often than not in the NFL. So good on the Broncos. Again, that game was a toss up. Uh, not too surprising to see him get the win. Uh, about to round out here, uh, but uh, another rookie quarterback game, the Patriots, the Dolphins, 17, uh, 16 Dolphins. Guess what? Patriots don't have Mr. Gets it done in the last minute uh, on their team anymore. Um, no big hate here. On uh, on Mac Jones or anything, but uh, he definitely because uh, because Jones did have a better game uh, than his counterpart Tua uh, in Miami. Uh, you uh, love to see your quarterback hitting a uh, one hundred plus rating, which Mac Jones did in his very first game. Yeah, uh, did not uh, turn the ball over as well. Love to see that out of a rookie quarterback. Would have still much more loved to see the win, I'm sure Bill Belichick would tell you. Uh, 17 to 16 to your rival in divisions, a tough one. Um, and you uh, you kind of look at what Miami is capable of doing on the defensive side of the ball, and you gotta love it. Um, the uh, uh, and, and I will say, they, they force us turnover. Uh, Damian Harris was having a heck of a game for the Patriots, by the way. Uh, and Miami comes in and causes a fumble uh, in the fourth quarter with about four minutes to play, and um, and right there, New England was about to score, and just literally, Miami's defense comes in, takes the winds out of the sail, wind out of the sails, and does just enough on offense to drain that clock out, uh, push the ball back down the field, and uh, you gotta you gotta absolutely love uh, that they're playing well in tight games they were they started to do that last season and uh and love the direction this team's heading they had a 46 percent blitz rate in this game speaking of defense um even higher than its 40 percent rate uh, than their 40 percent rate in 2020 
They were the second ranked uh, or second most blitzing team in the NFL last year. Uh, I think obviously there's a lot of success in that for them. Yep. Um, you know what's what's impressive about saying that is Mac Jones is getting uh, 46% blitzes and not turning the ball over. Um, yes, he threw the ball away a couple of times. That contributes to a few of his numbers um, there uh, in terms of incompletions. But um, dude made good decisions all day. Was able to uh, toss the ball for no gains to running backs, um, get a yard or two here and there, uh, and keep his team in it. That offense is going to start to produce more and more. Remember, he's still throwing to Enkeel Harry. Um, yeah. You know, and 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 honestly, like you, you can't name a guy that could go for a hundred yards on that team uh, that isn't in the backfield right now. Um, so, uh, you know, well, I, John o. Smith. Um, Hunter Henry. I'll, I, I mean, Hunter Henry's a red zone target, though. Yeah, and he's got to stay Jonas healthy. Smith could. He's got to stay healthy anyways and, and be uh, available. <laughs> yeah, but. he did nothing for me in this week. I, I did one of those. I, I did this strategy in fantasy where I, I took Kirk Cousins late, and then I uh, would get tight ends late as well because yep. tight ends between the, seven, the number seven tight end or number six tight end, really, and then your number 12 or 13, not a huge difference in, yeah. in terms of stats. Uh, quarterback play in between uh, guys number eight and number uh, 14. Um, not a huge difference. So I took Kirk Cousins and tight ends late and did that and stacked wide receivers like a madman. Um, but uh, yeah, the <clears throat> that was not a good get. Um, Henry, I'm I'm looking for a trade in that league right now. <laughs> just, just so you know. But uh, yeah, good on them for getting that win. And uh, Mac Jones... Looks NFL ready, folks. Yeah, uh, pay attention good. to that one. I, he's he's going to be a joy to watch in the NFL. I I don't uh, say that lightly about him. Dude clearly knows his crud, um, and uh, look forward to seeing his development here in the coming weeks and in some more divisional games in the not too distant future too. Uh, Browns Chiefs. This one was awesome. Uh, that was a stinking awesome game. Great. This should have been the, the game thing. of the week. It was the it, game of the week. Well. Not according to the networks that televise the game. Well, it was CBS's game of the week because we got to listen to Tony Romo. We always love that. And I love Nance listening and Romo, to Tony Romo. Love them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Joe Buck, jump off a cliff. I <laughs> love uh, listening to Romo talk football. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, we already talked about this, is still really good at football. Uh, dear Lord, did he drop bombs, uh, in, especially in the second half. Um, Chris Jones, by the way, uh, he's working on a second year of uh, his four-year, $80 million deal uh, that he signed last year. Uh, dang, did he look good. Um, I watched Baker go down a few times. The one big one where they took him out of uh, field goal position just before halftime, that confused the living crud out of the Browns. They did not know what to do there. They ended, up, they ended up taking a... Um, uh, a delay a game penalty and then had to chuck the ball downfield uh, to to end the half. And you're just like, what in the world is going on? I, I was, was watching. So I was weird. like, oh, they're going to get a field goal right here. And then I like look down and look yeah. back up and it's fourth and 31. And I was like, what just happened? And, and I absolutely loved, by the way, um, Baker Mayfield. If I don't care if you don't like him, but you should definitely want to watch him play. Because uh, he did something in this game that was incredible. I said they'd launch the ball down the field. They did. Uh, but it was even too far for just a straight-up Hail Mary. So they do the chuck down and toss. Yep. Baker Mayfield um, takes a pitch 
Uh, I'm gonna. I want to remember who it was from. I don't it think may, it was from it, Landry. It may have been Landry. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, it was a wide receiver pitch, and but gets a pitch from one of the wide receivers and takes off. And all of a sudden, in front of him, you see green. Yeah, they're and you're like, down. It's like okay, uh, twenty-five of the twenty. <laughs> Levi, myself, Grant, we're all off the couch screaming. We're like, go Baker, go! And we wanted to see him score. Uh, unbeknownst to us, there were definitely some safeties playing deep, ready for him, and it did not go well. But uh, I loved watching him take off. He also on an end around had uh, had a block in this game and made fun of himself to his coaching staff while walking back because he didn't get his arms under pads and start pushing. He made contact, but he was genuinely running out front like a fullback. He's a gamer. Going after his stuff. I, you love watching a quarterback I, play I, like I love that. watching him play. It was so much fun. Um, you know, this game came down to the second half. I really just the Browns inability to keep the ball moving. And Andy Reid is an adjustments master. Um, and, you know, Mayfield ends up with uh, 321 yards, complete 75% of his passes. Um, Chubb and Hunt uh, scored three touchdowns combined. Um, Jarvis Landry went, ran one in on a jet sweep um, a close in. There was there was lots of good things on their end, but man, did Andy Reid just come back in the second half ready to go. He opened up the offensive playbook and genuinely let Mahomes do whatever the heck he wanted. By the way, Patrick Mahomes still undefeated mm-mm, in September. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Um, he is 11 and 0, averaging 331 yards a game. Um, absolutely awesome performance by him. No surprise to us that the Chiefs won the game. Um, Love that the Browns played as well as they did. Was hoping, honestly, to see the Browns win this one. Yeah. Would have liked to see that. And, and it's very winnable. Uh, you yep. know, you. You have the interception at the end of the game, obviously, where Breaker's getting tripped up uh, trying to make a play. Um, you'd hope to maybe see him either tuck that or, or throw it away uh, instead of trying to force that there. Um, but then you have the blocked punt, you know, um, and, and as soon as KC smells blood, it's just game over for you. So, you know, the, you have the, the home run to Tyreek Hill. Um, once you have that going, it's like, okay. Now everything's starting to fall apart, but yep. a couple things go the, the Browns way. I'm not saying that the Browns keep them out of the end zone. If they do get that punt off, you know, you never know what's going to happen with, with Pat Mahomes. They can score, you know, at the drop of a hat, but sure. um, very winnable game for the Browns. Um, you know, as we started getting into some of our conversations here towards the end, I, I do, um, I do think I might bump up the Browns a little bit. And some of the uh, the postseason conversations. Well, I think with the Ravens not having a run game, and they did not look like I said, they didn't look great. We're gonna get that in one yeah. moment, but like I, I kind of agree. I, I you, you might want to give them, uh, give them a little, little bigger push towards the end of the year. I, I think they're gonna possibly win an extra division game here. Yeah, that was and, a good team. Yeah, and I mean, you watch like how. How the Titans played this week again, I don't think that's necessarily going to be a season-long tale for them, but that's obviously a, a glaring loss for the Titans. You, yeah. you Again, look at the Ravens, um, and, and you look at um, the Bills, you know, kind of having a, a struggle here in the first week as well. Again, things that I think will probably turn around the next couple of weeks, but um, not a lot of holes, really, uh, in the Browns uh, game on both sides. No, so. the one the one thing they got to do, um, you know, I, I mentioned that uh, Chris Jones was able to get in there. You, you got to yeah. keep 
You got to keep Baker upright with time to throw. That's yeah. He's going to do damage if you give him time. I, I think any quarterback in the NFL would probably say the same thing. Oh, I got this if they give me time. Uh, Baker needs the time. And and then, two, uh, he's really reliant on that solid run game and play action opening up for him. They had to go away from the run game towards the end. You put it all on Baker's ability to throw the ball. And if that doesn't go absolutely perfect, um, you're in a little bit of trouble. I think the Chiefs saw that the key to that, to to uh, getting him uh, in a place where he becomes fragile is just taking away um, that three-second marker. You yep. keep him under three seconds uh, in the pocket with the ability to throw, and uh, you can really do some damage to that offense. It's, it's an offense that honestly has a lot of slow going to it. Um, takes time for those receivers to get open. Yep. Um, and they don't run near as many underneath routes as a lot of other teams do. Uh, not to say that Jarvis is incapable of that. He certainly is, but they they like to keep him alive, so yeah. he does not run over the middle a ton. Well, well, and you know that's something we didn't know necessarily here either for for both sides. Missing a couple of key guys. No Tyron Matthew for yeah. Kansas City, uh, and then obviously no Odell. Uh, right. For uh, which I I didn't even get that notification until Sunday morning. Yeah. Um. So, uh, kind of a surprise there, but probably better for him to to take a little bit of extra time, make sure you're healthy. Uh, which you know he is a guy who can kill you on the slant. Yeah. So you know maybe you add that there. Uh, when you have that kind of three second and under, got to get it out before you know some of these deep uh, routes develop. Um. You know who knows if OBJ is going to get back to what he was. You know in the mid you know twenty tens. But, um, you know, kind of a little little injury prone these days. I was actually looking at stats randomly just to be like, am I, you know, are we overhyping like OBJ's return? Was he as good as I remember him being? I'm like, okay, obviously he was fantastic, but um, a little much to be desired as of late. So we'll see if he can come back there. Um, You know, I'm not expecting him to be a huge X factor for an already good team, but. But he does take the top off of defense. Yeah. You you still, you can't leave him, you know, so. yeah. Just something to kind of keep in mind there. Um, but we'll go down uh, here to a game. We won't spend too much time on this one, even though I would like to. Uh, and it is the the Rams uh, versus the, uh, or uh, yeah, Rams and Bears. Uh, my Rams come out 34-14 on top of this game here. I know we're going to have another conversation uh, probably uh, about some of this stuff. But... Um, Key takeaways here, obviously, Stafford coming out having a, a really great game. He did. Uh, all things considered. Um, he came out, and uh, let me see if I can find this stat here. Um, 156.1 passer rating, the highest passer rating, minimum 20 attempts by any NFL player history or in NFL history in his debut with a new team. Obviously, that's you know another one of those weird kind of cherry pick stats, but... Um, I think that's a really good sign for the Rams. Again, we're talking about teams that they don't really play preseason anymore. So sometimes it's hard to tell, like if a team's struggling or if they're starting off hot, like, you know, is this sustainable? Is this normal? Uh, but to come out and have a big game uh, and and play nearly a perfect game um, for Stafford, that was good for me as a Rams fan to see that. Uh, that was good for him. Obviously, seeing Sean McVay on the sideline, he's got his new toy. He's smiling ear to ear the whole time. Um, I will say that that one ball, okay, like that was ridiculous. The the sling the sling that he threw, uh, I think it was to uh, Cup. Uh, oh, with the blown coverage yeah. later on. Yeah, yeah, that that 
that was a feel good moment. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I, I saw I saw this great Instagram post of that one of of uh, have you ever, I've never seen Matthew Stafford more happy. Yeah, and literally yeah. running down the field, losing his mind after yeah. that that and play. It it made me feel really good again. Like I've been a fan of Stafford for a while, and I think even Lions fans, and I've been seeing this a lot in, in forums as well. Is you have a lot of Lions fans that are really happy for Stafford to. Sure. Not only be in a more successful environment, but to also be happy. They love to see him thrive in there. So he's happy that he gets to do what he wants to. McVay's happy that he gets to do what he wants to. Um, you know, that first deep ball to Van Jefferson where I don't know how he didn't get touched down. He just literally does a somersault in between two defenders, gets up and scores uh, at the very beginning yeah. of the game. Um, right. That was a great ball as well, rolling out left, throwing to the right hash. Um, so it, it's nice to have a guy that can really air it out like that. Um, and the biggest thing before I even get into any of this other stuff, because there are some things about the defense I obviously want to talk about, some things about uh, Bears with, with Justin that I would like to see them do. But uh, one thing that really stood out that uh, Chris Collinsworth actually said on the broadcast was uh, McVeigh needed a partner, not a student. Yeah, and, that's fair. And so looking at what we could do with Goff, obviously there was success. You know, we have winning seasons. We're going to the Super Bowl. You know, we have a really high power offense combined with, you know, a great defense. Um, but ultimately, Jared Goff was a student. And, you know, even if uh, you don't consider Stafford to be in like the elite of the elite um, uh, in today's NFL, he's not somebody that you have to babysit. You know, he's a guy that you're going to be able to bounce things off of he's going to be able to see things in the game that maybe you're not seeing and you can actually trust that uh and, and having that relationship is going to be a, a key thing that continues to win the rams games you know despite their defense not being as dominant as you know we would hope them to be uh, especially coming off of last year where they're good in both the pass and the run for the most part um so offensively great nothing really to say there there were a few parts where there was you know, I would expect to see more movement. Uh, they kind of got stale at a few points there. Uh, this game isn't necessarily as high scoring as it is if you don't have a couple of blown coverages and, um, you know, obviously not getting touched down for whatever reason. So, which will bring me to my jump in point because I, I, I again think, uh, I think Stafford is always going to uh, take advantage of miscues. That's something I think he's great at. And limiting his own, yeah, and and that's a successful quarterback in the NFL. Um, we we highlighted the fact that this dude has only been on four winning teams, made the playoffs three times out of those four, um, and uh, and and hasn't been good on a good team for a minute, um, and is now he is on a good team. Um, the only reason, by the way, that we last week we talked about the win loss on this, uh, Jameson had the ceiling at eleven. Uh, me and Grant were both stuck at ten. The only reason we're there is because of the division. Yeah. It's the quality opponents in which you play. Matthew Stafford, by the way, started his 21st game against the Bears here. This he is an opponent the he well. knows pretty well. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm saying this is, this is what he has to do. He's got to win these games. He's got to win them convincingly. It's, it needs to be made easy on his team that they can then sit back and kind of play relaxed football limit uh they they can if they limit those mistakes like the 49ers did not in their <laughs> game in the fourth quarter you're gonna have these 20 point margins in games like this that you're supposed to win and so good for him going out and doing what he's supposed to do 
I think uh, we're going to see later on as this team becomes more tested, uh, some of these trials that they're going to go through. Uh, Henderson is not an elite running back by any stretch. Got 74 no. yards in this game. We do have that Cam maker sized hole. In there the run is game, that. Definitely. Um, actually, there I will say that. this kind of while we're on the subject, because I found this to be pretty interesting. I can't remember where I heard this, but um, in previous years, the Rams, obviously with, with Todd Gurley and, and even last year with our you know running by commission um, kind of crew, we would set up a lot of our passing game with the run game. You know, we would run, that would set up the play action, that would set up the bootleg for God. Um, it's almost kind of the opposite this year. We, uh, you know, obviously we were kind of running away with the game a little bit towards the end, so it, it, it makes it a little bit easier to move the ball. But you almost set up the run game with the success of the pass game, which I thought was kind of interesting uh, to see that as well. Um, so, Again, who knows how long that's going to hold up there. Uh, you know, our running game does leave a little bit to be desired. Who knows if we'll make any moves uh, at any point over the next coming uh, the coming uh, weeks there. But um, yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting to kind of see the inverse of that because he didn't, Henderson didn't end up with a horrible game. I think he had like 70-something yards on the ground, but that all kind of came towards the end. Uh, yeah, it looks like he had 74 yards. So, yeah, you know, not... Those aren't 74 yards that are getting you any value, really, because of where we were in the game. But yeah, you kind of yeah. bumping up the stats a little bit. But that's what you got to do to close out games. Yeah. You got to be able to run the ball effectively, efficiently to, to close out games and, and to finish those games up. So, again, you know, good on him for getting it done and, uh, and, and good for the Rams for winning the game that they should have won. Uh, before we wrap up part one, I want to hit uh, the Raiders on Monday night, collecting the win uh, over the Baltimore Ravens, a game that should not have been lost by the Ravens, in my opinion. Uh, I felt like this was a game they should have won, um, even without their rushing attack being able to be there. I mean, you went from plan A to plan B (laughs) to plan, holy crud, how are we going to do this? By the way, Devonta Freeman, are you available? Uh, By the way, Le'Veon Bell, would you like to start next week? Um, you know, and uh, literally they were down to their third string running back before game one uh, to, to ACL injuries. And that's just brutal. Um, but I still felt that they were a better team, even with that, uh, because yeah. they they have the defense uh, at Patrick Queen, by the way. Holy cow, is that guy good? Uh, led the team in tackles uh, using the early double double digits there in tackles uh, looked really good. Um they had several moments in this game where the Ravens just needed to go down and score and finish it. And they had the opportunity. We lost two fumbles. We highlighted one of those uh, when we were discussing this game earlier, um, you know, from Lamar Jackson. Um, and, and honestly, at the end of the day, that kid looks great. He's doing just fine. Finished mm-hmm. 19 to 30. Uh, I think he had a couple hundred and um, genuinely uh, 235. Uh, also ran the ball 12 times for 86 yards. Um, looked great as a runner. Holy cow. As expected. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he's literally just right where he was. If you took him in fantasy, it's going to be a good year. Don't worry about that. Um, but he was left to... Uh, or, well, he forced himself, you f- feel like at times, to do a little too much. Yeah. And they just didn't get the score when they needed it. They had the opportunity to put this game away multiple times and just didn't, both in regular and in uh, regular time and in overtime. Um, 
the uh, uh, the effort put out by Derek Carr was really interesting. I highlighted earlier, um, you know, that that he had just had some awful statistics at the front end of this game. Uh, dude ended up throwing fifty six times and one. That does not happen a lot. I know it's an overtime game, mm-hmm. but if you throw over fifty times in the NFL, you're probably the loser. We saw that in the Josh yeah, Allen stat earlier. Up at that point, yeah. Yeah, we saw that in that Josh Allen stat, and uh, and we know that that is very true. Um, the if if the quarterback's throwing too many times, uh, you're probably losing the game. They got lucky, straight up. Raiders got lucky. Um, you should have closed it with Derek Carr at the goal line. Then you end up fumbling the ball there, uh, and, and uh, in the closeout portion of the game. I mean, literally, if you looked over the sideline, Lamar had his head down. He's going, "Oh man, I can't believe we lost this game." No, no, no. And then, uh, and then the Raiders fumble the ball. Lamar loses his mind, goes out there, tries to make it all happen. You know, we already did this, but like drops the ball again. And you're just like, how in the world are the Raiders still in this game? Um, Derek Carr found a way. Uh, and the Baltimore defense took a nap at the wrong time. Uh, that's genuinely what happened. Carr targeted Darren Waller in this game 19 times. Like an absurd amount. He's on my fantasy team. So. Uh, 10 catches, 105, uh, and caught a much-needed touchdown in the fourth quarter, which ended up helping them force overtime. Um, you know, it, that was really interesting. And if that's a trend for this team, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, um, that Waller's going to be targeted in the teens. I don't think that's necessarily bad. Because he's genuinely a one-on-one monster. Yeah, he's if great. You, if you put him in one-on-one, he's going to beat you. Uh, he looks all a Travis Kelsey, all a George Kittle, uh, every bit the receiver that either of those guys are. Yeah. I, I mean, I personally put Kelsey as the best receiver of the tight ends. Uh, Waller might be edging Kittle for two, and that's coming from the 49er fan. And and I'm not saying anything bad about George. Um, George is, I still believe, a better all-around tight end because we talked last week about his ability to block. Mm-hmm. But um, but man, Waller, you're getting that many targets. Targets, yeah. Dang, uh, there's just a lot of trust there with Derek Carr. Uh, good on them for making it work. Um, but this game should have been lost by them a few times. I'm not a fan uh, overall of what they're doing. I did give this team uh, the the eight and nine, nine and eight possibility. Uh, I think Grant's got him at six. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I do see that they should win some close games like this, um, but they shouldn't have won this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and real quick to add on to that, um, I think, again, most people would have had the Ravens taking this game, um, if not pretty handily. Um, even despite the injuries for the Ravens, this might end up being kind of a cursed season for them because of that. But Lamar is every bit of Lamar as we would have expected, you know, despite, um, you know, some of the weapons he might have on his team. Um, it, it, it feels like there's still not, you know, unleashing Lamar as, you know, a passer, but at the same time, there are still some holes in his game there that I would like to see him improve on. He still has that nice, uh, you know, crossing ball in the middle, the nice, uh, you know, deep post, but sometimes putting on the sideline, sometimes putting things on the hash, still a little inaccurate, right. but, you know, when you have a guy that can take off and run, um, sometimes you don't necessarily get the improvement that you want in the passing game because of that. So hopefully that's still something he can improve on because, um, you know, there aren't, you know, very many quarterbacks that are better than him. It would just be nice to see him be a little bit more efficient and be more of a threat passing 
but he yeah. doesn't necessarily have the greatest weapons, uh, at least in this system. So yeah, I I by the way need to do a quick self correction. I said the Raiders fumbled the ball at the line. They did not. Oh, that was, was that an, interception? That was an interception that went off that helmet. That was a. Um, I didn't make fun of Willie Sneed last week for a reason. He he does not right have off. what you'd call hands. <laughs> right yeah. right off his hands, right off a helmet, uh, into uh, the. Uh, I can't remember who. Uh, that guy filled in for Marcus Peters. Can't remember his name. Oh um, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's right. But yeah, that that was that was my bad. I I said fumble. I, and Which I, I mean, again, add, added to how crazy that game was because it should have been over right there. Yeah, you know. Yep. Um, yeah, he catches that ball, all all done. But uh, yeah, this game was definitely the most insane game of the week. It was not good football in the end. Twenty-seven <laughs> no. points in the fourth quarter, um, by scored by the two teams uh, to force overtime, and then the magical oopsie, uh, you know, that uh, left a wide receiver open for Derek Carr at the end. I, I don't love games like this personally. I just sit there and go, what the heck is going on the whole time? Uh, I like good football, yeah. and uh, this was not that. So two teams need to clean it up. Uh, you know, We may have seen uh, the Ravens' win total drop from 11 to 9 uh, with, with the loss of uh, all their running backs. Le'Veon Bell's not going to get you what you need. Devonta Freeman is three yards and a dive. Um, that's, that's what those guys are. Yeah. Um, so it, it, Le'Veon seen his best football he's done in, in terms of good football. Uh, he might get you to a week six scenario, week seven, but I, I sincerely hope for them that either Tyson Williams or something else is a better long-term plan. So yeah. And, remains to be seen. And, uh, again, agreed kind of one of those games where it's hard to gauge either one of these teams based off of such a fluky game like that. Uh, but that is a big loss. You know, when you look at, you know, the Steelers winning a big game, uh, even the Bengals winning, not that the Bengals are going to be winning left and right, um, and, and not that the, the Browns are also going to be losing games, but these are, you know, games that you need to win if you're the Ravens uh, Absolutely. in your division, in the AFC. Um, in your you know, conference, in your conference. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, just period in the AFC, yeah. uh, I think as well, but especially in the AFC North. Um, but, you know, you have to win your must-win games, and um, there could be some shakeups here. And I think in the AFC, I with the injuries to this team, I I'm a little bit lower on them than I would have been coming into this season. Yeah. But you know, again, it, it's hard to gauge them off a game like that. So. Yeah. Well, that wraps up part one this week. Uh, we're gonna come back with part two in just a moment. We're gonna be touching on a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, we got a good game of Would You Rather uh, that has to do a little bit with the NFL and the NCAA of football. Um, we've got a quick update on fantasy football stuff. Uh, the baseball playoff picture, we'll be doing our pick em, uh here in part two. So go ahead and just zoom right over to that one if you want to, and we'll catch up with you there. But uh, this part one of episode three. Episode three.